the topic today is what I'm calling the message, a battle plan for breakthrough. And I'm just going to tell you from the beginning, it's a, little, it's a lot different than the normal messages that I bring. So if you're a guest with us today, I'd love for you to come back next week as well. But today is more of a, it's more of a verse-by-verse story. And I want to give you, the, I can't give you these principles without giving you the whole story. And the story is 28 verses long. Come on, somebody. Y'all know I don't usually preach 28 verses long, but I got to do it today. I got to tell you this story. And I normally don't give you 12 points either, but I've got 12 principles that you need to know. All right? And so we're talking about a battle plan for breakthrough. And uh, hey, I, I can't even go any further without celebrating this too. Today, City Hope Church is six months old, y'all. How about that? That's awesome. Yeah. Happy birthday. I'm just kidding. It, we're six months today. That is incredible. I lost count of how many weeks we, we were a few weeks back. You know, if you're, a, if you're a new parent, you usually count the child's age by weeks. How old is he? Oh, he's 26 weeks. Okay. So was that about six months old? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, six months. So I lost count of that a while ago. So six months, y'all, it is good to see what God has done in six months. So today, this battle plan, this miracle breakthrough that we're talking about, and and here's what I know, is that regardless of who you are, every one of us here today have some area in our life where we need God to intervene. Can I just get an amen on that? And if you say, not me, Pastor, I I don't have an area where I need God to intervene. If, If that's you, if you're like, no, I don't have any issues, well, that's your issue, right? That's your issue, that you don't have any issues. We all have issues. And, and so we all have an area where we could just use God, God's intervention. We need him to show up in a powerful way. We need him to show up in a mighty way. And the good news is that God is still in the miracle working business. He still does things that we can't do. He still does the impossible. That did not die out with the apostles back a few thousand years ago. It's still available to happen today. He's still doing things on our behalf. I believe that. And so as I was preparing the message on Thursday, I just felt like God was showing me some things that we need to include in our battle plan. Now, if you're in the military, if you are active duty or you're a veteran, you would know that you don't go to war and you don't go to battle without a battle plan, right? You, you just don't, that's a no-no. You have a strategy. You have a battle plan. And that's the way it's got to be with us in this Christian walk, that when we're in the middle of something, when we're in a battle, a spiritual battle or a physical battle, we've got things going on in our life We've got to have a plan. There's some principles I want to give you today to help you live that out. So I want to share one of the most profound battle plans in all of Scripture with you. I'm just reading the Scripture, and I go, this is incredible. Why don't we do this? And it's strategic. It's so powerful, and it's not what you're thinking. It's, It's probably not what you're thinking at all. So it's found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to take it verse by verse for 28 verses. We're just going to go through here. And along the way, I'm going to give you some principles. And you've got some notes there that you can take notes along the way as well. So starting in verse 1, it says that it happened after, after that. Now, after that just means there had been some uh, Judah was at, at war with some other people with Israel. Okay, they had some stuff going on. They had been in war, and now they're back 
things have kind of settled down. After all of that had happened, the, the people of Moab with the people of Ammon and the others with them besides the Ammonites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat's the king of Judah. And these nations are coming to attack Judah. All right, And it says, Then some, some people came and told Jehoshaphat, saying, A great multitude is coming against you. They're coming to attack you from beyond the sea, from Syria, and they are in Engedi. And then it goes on in verse 3, it says, And Jehoshaphat feared, like so he was afraid. And in East Tennessee, and we might say, well, he, I was just scared to death. I'll tell you right now, I was just scared out of my mind. Y'all ever said that? He was, he was scared. You scared? I'm scared. Right? He, the, Jehoshaphat was scared. He was afraid. But notice what he does. He set himself to seek the Lord. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout Judah. And this is the first principle I want you to get. That if you're in the middle of, of, of a battle right now, number one, you've got to get serious. You've got to get serious. Not time for playing games. It's not time for just kind of sitting back and checking things out. If you need breakthrough in your life, it's time to get serious. Now, it's easy to see what he did. He had resolve. He started seeking God. But notice what he didn't do. Jehoshaphat didn't lash out in rage and anger. He didn't blame his situation on some spy or the people that came to, to, to tell him about it. He, he didn't blame what was going on on people around him. He didn't lash out. He, he did not look to some sort of coping mechanism to help him get through this bad time. He didn't go into hiding. He did one thing. He went to God. He got serious and he went to God because he knew God was the answer. So he went to God. And you keep reading in, in verse 4, and it says, So Judah gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all of the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. They came to seek. Everybody did. And then Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court, and he said, So Jehoshaphat's the king, and he starts to pray. But he's kind of questioning God. Or like reminding God. Have you ever reminded God of something? I've reminded God, but like, God, remember when you said? And, and uh, you, you start questioning him. And, and he's kind of doing that here. He says, oh, Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? Where are you at, man? What, what are you doing? Where are you? Are you not God in heaven? And do you not rule over all the kingdoms of the earth? Aren't you just this all-powerful God? And in, in, in your hand, is there not power and might so that no one is able to withstand you? Aren't you that God? Are, are you not God who, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? And you gave this land to, to the descendants of Abraham, your friend. Abraham was your friend, God. And now, and now look. Now they dwell in this city. They built a sanctuary for you. And we're just telling you, God, that no matter what happens, if disaster comes, sword or judgment, pestilence or famine, here's what we're going to do. Here's our commitment, God, that we will stand before this temple and in your presence. We will cry out to you in our affliction. And you will hear and you will save. So the second principle I see here is that these people got in God's presence. They get in God's presence. They're not just serious, but they're like, hey, one moment in the presence of God can change it, y'all. 
One moment in his presence can change things for us. I got to get in the house of the Lord. I got to get in his presence. They were saying, we're going to enter his gates. Back in the day, we used to sing this song. We will enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. We will enter his courts with praise. Got me over here, Maddie. You know what I'm talking about. We will say this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. I feel like you ought to be like doing a dance up here. Like, I will rejoice for he has made me glad. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know if we should show this video to everybody or not. Everybody doing a dance. No, we'll rejoice. All right, so. But what, what, what he does here is he, they get in God's presence, and, and they're just saying no matter what happens, God, in our pain, in our affliction, in our heartache, we're going to seek you. We're getting in your presence. We're running to you. We're not going to run to anybody else. We're not going to run to our parents or to, uh, to, to the bosses. We're going to trust in you. We're going to get in your presence. We're going to get in your presence. Whatever's going on in life, we're getting in your presence. And, and in verse verse. 10, it goes on and he says, he's still talking. This is Jehoshaphat still talking. So we're going to get in your presence, God, because we know that you're going to hear and save. But Lord, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but now here are the people of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir whom you would not let Israel destroy. It's kind of like he's reminding them. Remember when, when our ancestors came out of Egypt and they wanted to destroy these people and you wouldn't let them? Well, now here they are again. And he says, they turned from them. They didn't destroy those nations at that time. But now they're here, and they're rewarding us by coming to throw us out of the possession that you've given to us. You've given us this land to inherit. Oh, God, will you not judge these nations that are coming against us? For we have no power against this great multitude, and we don't know what to do. Have you ever in your life felt like you were in a moment where you didn't have the power? You didn't have the solution. You were hopeless. You felt powerless. You felt like you were in this situation where no matter what you did, it was still going to be the same outcome. Have you ever been in a situation you, you felt like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. But the answer is, in, in number three, you've, in those moments, you've got to keep your eyes on God. In those moments when you feel like giving up, in those moments when you feel powerless, when you feel like you can't go on, when you feel like you don't know where to turn, you don't have an ally, you don't have someone who's on your side, keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes focused on Him. See, we're not going to look at our situation or our circumstance because it's just going to make our blood pressure go up. Come on, somebody. You ever been there before? You're just like, good night, Lord of mercy, right? Back in East Tennessee, we say, Lord of mercy. Not Lord of mercy, not Lord have mercy, Lord of mercy. That's what we'd say. Lord of mercy. You, you just feel like that, some Lord of mercy. But we're not going to pretend like our, our problem isn't there, right? It's there, but we're just not going to give power to the enemy over us. We're not, we're not going to be intimidated by the enemy. And here's something I learned a long time ago when it comes to problems, when it comes to the situations that we find ourselves in sometimes, is to take it seriously, but don't take it too seriously. You could apply that to almost everything in your life. Take it serious, but don't take it too serious. <laughs> don't let it eat at you. Don't let it control you. Don't let it own you. You know what I'm talking about? Take it serious, but don't let it control you. Don't let it have you. 
And the problem with a lot of us today in, in, in this life is that we're, we're magnifying our problem when we ought to be magnifying our God. And I'll say it again. Preach, preach, preacher, right? I'll say it. We're magnifying our problem when we ought to be magnifying God. We're making the problem big. We're focused on that thing, and we're exalting the problem, and we're talking about how big this problem is when we ought to be talking about how big our God is and how he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power of the Spirit working inside of us. And, and so Psalm says it this way. It says, magnify the Lord with me. Don't, mag- don't magnify your problems. Magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt him. Let's lift him up. Let's make him greater than our problems. And when we do that, when we seek the Lord, he's going to hear us and deliver us from all of our fears. Psalm 121 says it this way. I lift my eyes to the hills, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? Social media? Oh, let, let, me, see, let me see what, uh, what Facebook says today. Snapchat. Like, let, me, let me get Snapchat. Let, let, where, I, I lift, where does my help come from? from? From my job? From the bank account? From a rich uncle? No, no, no. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And I figure if he can make heaven and earth, he can probably take care of me too. Come on, y'all. He can take care of us. He's a good God. Yeah, let's give praise to him for that. He can take care of us. Let's magnify the Lord together. Verse 13, it keeps going, and, and, and it says, Now all of Judah, even their little ones, their wives, their children, stood before the Lord. Everybody has assembled. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel. And then it goes into this, this kind of rant of who Jehaziel is. He's the son of Zechariah, the son of Benai, the son of Jael, the son of Mattaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph. Like, what is this all about, right? What is he trying to say here? Because it's, it's pretty, pretty detailed. It kind of reminds me of like when you read the Bible and you start, you st- like this is one of those sections where you might just kind of skim over. Oh, like the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Parasites. The, it, you just kind of skip over it, right? But don't skip over this part because this, this phrase, the Spirit of the Lord came upon, literally means that the Holy Spirit clothed himself with Jehaziel. It, if you can picture yourself putting on a coat, that's, what, that's the picture of this, that the Spirit of God just kind of wore Jehaziel. Like, oh, here's a willing vessel. Let me put him on today. And I just wonder what would it look like if, if we were available for the Holy Spirit to do that in our lives. Oh, I'm, I think I'm just going to wear this guy today. He's a willing vessel. He's able. He's, he's willing to let me use him. And, and check this out. The Spirit of God, in other words, the Spirit was just leading. He was in control of Jehaziel at this moment. And, and I wonder what would happen if we let the Holy Spirit control us, just, just to be in charge of us. And that's number four. This fourth principle is that we have to be full of the Spirit. When you're going through the middle, when you're, when you're in the valley, when you're dealing with something, when you're facing an obstacle, when you're facing a situation, there's no better way to break through than just to be full of the Spirit of God, just to be full of His presence and His power. And it goes on and lists all of these relatives of, of 
Jehaziel. Can we go back to that scripture real quick? Uh, yeah, this one here. List all of his relatives. Now, why would it list Jehaziel's rel- relatives? Why do we even care about this? It's because he's a son of Asaph. Who's Asaph? Why do I care about Asaph? Asaph was a chief worship leader for King David hundreds of years before. And so Jehaziel is a descendant of, of this chief worship leader. And in other words, he was a priest. He was a prophetic musician in the, in the temple of the Lord. His job was to play and to sing and to prophesy and to, to just lead in worship. That was Jehaziel's job. And so in, in we go on now with that in mind. I want you to see what Jehaziel says. In, in verse 15 it says, And he, he said, Listen, all of you in Judah, all you inhabitants of Jerusalem, and you, King Jehoshaphat, pay attention, Jehoshaphat. Je- pay attention, Jeho, right? Shaphat, whatever you want to call him. What's up, King Je- Shaphat? What's up, bro? He says, pay attention. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid. Don't be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. Hmm. What are you afraid of, King Jehoshaphat? The battle's not yours, it's God's. Tomorrow, go down against them. They will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of of Jeril. And it goes on, and it says, you will not need to fight in this battle. What kind of battle plan is that, y'all? You're going to go to battle, but oh, you don't have to do anything. You just stand there. He says, don't do anything. Just position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and O Jerusalem. Do not fear. Do not be afraid because tomorrow you're going to go out against them because the Lord is with you. So what, what does Jehaziel do here? He's prophesying to the situation. And when you're in the middle of something, we've got to learn how to prophesy to our situation. That's not a real churchy word. I don't want you to think like, oh, I'm, I've got to give a prophetic word. No, it's not like that at all. Just speak exactly. Speak life into it. That is it. You're just speaking what is not as if it were. You're speaking what doesn't exist as if it did. That's what God did to Abraham. You're going to be the father of many nations. There's going to be so many people in your family that it's going to be like the sands on the seashore or the stars in the sky. You can't count them. It's going to be like that. He was speaking to a man whose wife was barren. When he gave him this promise, he, he's talking to people who are like 100 years old. I don't know, I don't know too many 100-year-olds this bearing children. But that was his promise to Abraham. And in Romans, Paul says, he, he kind of sets that up, and he's talking about Abraham and he says, God, God did this with Abraham, God who gives life to the dead, and he calls things that do not exist as though they did. Oh, come on, somebody. We've got to learn to prophesy to our situation. So you're, you're, you're thinking, well, it just is what it is. This is the way it's going to be. I'm going to have to deal with this the rest of my life. I'll, I'll never overcome this sickness. I'll never see a breakthrough in my job. I'll never be able to 
whatever that is, instead begin to speak life over that thing. Begin to speak God's goodness into that situation. You can proclaim that my marriage is going to thrive. It's not just going to survive. It's going to thrive. My job situation is going to get better. Our income is going to increase. My son is going to come back to God. My daughter doesn't have to live in addiction anymore. Fear has no hold on my family. There is, no, there is hope for today. Come on, y'all. That is, that's prophesying to your situation. Now, I, I don't know. You, you see, Jehaziel was a worship leader. He was a prophetic worship leader. And I don't know whether he sang this prophecy to the people of Judah that day. Or maybe he sang it. I, I like to think he sang, sang it out. And if he sang it, I think it would have been like this little course I wrote. To just go along with this this message just to help you understand maybe what Jehaziel was thinking when he said do not be afraid the battle is the Lord's do not be dismayed the battle is not yours you don't have to fight this battle just stand still and know the battle is the Lord. Do not be afraid. The battle is not yours. Do not be dismayed. The battle is not yours. And you don't have to fight this battle. Just stand still and know that the battle is the Lord's. Man, do you believe that today? That the battle, the battle is not yours. The battle is the Lord's. It's his battle to fight. And, and in your fight, whatever your situation is, I need you to remember this, that you're not, you need to remember who you're fighting Remember who you're fighting. You're not fighting people. You're, you're, not, you're not fighting your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your ex. You're not fighting people. You're in a spiritual battle. And the scripture says that your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. And he's trying to devour you. You're not in a fight with people. You're in a fight with us. With with, here's what the scripture says. That people aren't the problem it's a spiritual war going on. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling against you, but we're wrestling against rulers and against authorities. And we're not talking about mayors and superintendents or whoever. We're talking about cosmic powers over this present darkness. What's a present darkness? A spirit of poverty over Wichita Falls. What's a present darkness? Oh, it's a spirit of uh, substance abuse in our community. What's, what's the present darkness? It's, it's teenage pregnancy. Whatever you want to say, it's a spirit that rests over a community. And we, we have those strongholds in our community. Child abuse, whatever that is. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against cosmic powers over the present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Da Daniel, in the book of Daniel, talks about this. Where do we get 21 days of prayer from? Well, one thing, 20, it takes 21 days to build a habit of prayer. <laughs> well, it takes 21 days 
to build a habit of anything, first of all. But then on top of that, in Daniel, the book of Daniel, the scripture says that the angels had an answer for him on day one, but they were called up in a heavenly war for 21 days before they could get the answer to Daniel. So that's why we do 21 days of prayer two times a year, because it's habit-forming for us. It's habit-forming, but it's also warfare, because we're not wrestling against each other. Come on, somebody. We're wrestling against a spiritual principality. So, chapter of verse 18, it continues. So Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. So remember, Jehaziel gave this word of the Lord. He prophesied in this, to this situation. And now Jehoshaphat bows his head to the face to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants, thank you, guy. I really needed that. Thank you. And all of the inhabitants of of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. Uh, that, that's some high quality H2O. <laughs> Bob, Bobby Boucher. Um, so here, here's the next principle I want to give you when you hear the word of the Lord when you've prophesied to your situation you, you've got to bow and worship bow, and, and, and bow simply means it's simply a response it's a submission you, you bowed in reverence in, in, in these days, you bowed to kings and priests and to those who were in authority. And so what all of Judah is doing here is they're bowing in submission. It's, an, it's a sign of their obedience to the word of the Lord, that we aren't going to be afraid, that we aren't going to be dismayed. We're not going to fight this battle. God, you're going to fight it for us. We're trusting in you. And so when you bow, you're saying, not my will, your will be done. So when you're in the middle of something, this principle of just bowing, surrendering, just saying, all right, God, I don't want my way. I want your way. Whatever you want to do, however you want to do it, I'm yours. I belong to you. Your word is true, and I'm going to live by that. I'm submitted. I am in submission to your word. So then right after this, they've now submitted to the word of God. Yes, we're going to do it. And it says, then the Levites and the children of the hard word and the children of the hard word stood up to praise, to praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. They stood up to praise. Now, what's the principle here? Voices loud and high. They stood up to praise. Here's the principle. When you're in the middle of something, after you've submitted, you've, you've got to stand and praise God for the victory that has not happened yet. It's on its way. The victory is coming. And that's what they're doing here. They're praising God for the victory that they can't see yet. The battle hasn't been won yet. The battle hasn't been fought yet. But they're thanking him in advance for the breakthrough. So we've got to be bold and courageous to thank him. To praise him for what he hasn't done yet. And praise simply means thanking God with an attitude of gratitude. That's all praise is, an attitude of gratitude. And it goes on to say, they rose early the next morning. Okay, so they rose early. 
So the, the day before, they just heard the, the word, the, some, Jehaziel prophesied, everything's going to be all right. You don't have to fight this battle. They submitted to it. They bowed down. They praised God, thanking him for the victory. They slept on it, and then they woke up the next day like, oh, snap. Have you ever slept on it before, and you woke up the next day like, still afraid? Still kind of scared, still not knowing what's going to happen. Is, are they going to foreclose? Uh, uh, when, uh, what's, what's the deal? I mean, you, you're afraid. You're going, I talked to somebody this morning who said, this word was from me. My husband just got diagnosed with, with prostate cancer. This word for, was for me today. I needed it today. She's in the middle of this, and, 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 and she may feel better after today's message, but she might wake up tomorrow morning needing a reminder that God's word is still true. And, and this is us. We need to remember what God says. And so Jehoshaphat, they rose early in the morning. They went out into the wilderness. And before they did anything, Jehoshaphat stood and he said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe in his prophets, and you shall prosper. They needed to be reminded. They had slept. It's, it's been a few hours. They needed to be reminded, number eight, just believe in the Lord. Believe in the Lord. Believe what he has said. Believe the word that came out yesterday when Jehaziel said everything's going to be all right. And you don't have to worry. You don't have to fight this battle. God's got your back. And in fact, the phrase believe in the Lord your God literally means it could have been translated to say be established in the Lord and you will be established. Well, that makes perfect sense because if, if you're established in any other thing, then you're not established in God. So if you're established in God, you don't need to be established anywhere else. If, if you're established in God, you got all you need right there. You're, you are established in him. And this is the reminder for us to believe in the Lord, to be established, that we're going to believe the report of the Lord. Back in the day, my church, we used to sing, Whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. You did that halftime clap like. <laughs> it, was, it was fast, right? You just played as fast as you can. Whose report will you believe? I'm going to believe God's report. I'm believing what God says. I'm believing who God says I am, what he says about me. And the Hebrew word here for, for believe is the word aman which is where we get our English word, amen. And it, it means, I love this, y'all. It means this, to just, it's solidly, firmly, surely true, verified, and established. Just know that the word that Jehaziel gave us yesterday, y'all, is solidly, firmly, surely true, verified, and established. It's gonna happen. It's gonna be the way God said it was gonna be. Verse 21 and when he had consulted with the people who, who were there, when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Now, I don't know if this is suggesting that there are some of us who should not sing to the Lord, but it says that there are some who should sing, and it says those who should praise the beauty of his holiness. I think everybody's supposed to sing and praise the beauty of his holiness. And as they went out before, everybody say, went out before. Okay, so, so they're going out before the army, and they're, sing, they're singing, praise the Lord. Another translation would say, give thanks to the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. 
who, who led the army to the battle? The worshipers. And when you're in the middle of a battle, when you're in the middle of something, bow in submission, stand and praise him, thank him in advance for what he's going to do. But even more than that, the next one is to just lead the way with praise. All the way, lead the way with praise. These worshipers were on the front line, probably unarmed because they're the worship leaders. They got musicians and singers they're leading the people into battle. What are they doing? They're creating an atmosphere where God can do a miracle. Creating an atmosphere where God can do something powerful. And what if we did that in our lives? What if we led the way with praise and worship? What if we said, I'm not going to just wait till Sunday, but on my commute to work this morning, five, ten minutes, however long it is, I'm putting on some worship music. I'm just going to lead the way with praise today. I'm going to get in his presence. I'm going to be surrounded by him today. And, and I want you to notice that they were on the front. Now, notice this. The people on the front lines are, are usually the ones to be attacked first, right? But the people on the front lines are also the ones to the spoil first. They're the first ones to be attacked, but they're also the first ones to the plunder. Now, in those days when, when nations attacked nations, when there was a war, whoever won the battle, they'd just go out and gather up all the stuff and take it back to camp with them. They'd be like, oh, that's some good bling, right? Rip it off the dead guy and take it back. I'm serious. They did that. It happened. And, they, oh, that's a cool shield. I'm taking that. Sometimes they would sacrifice it. Uh, if it were an animal, they would sacrifice it to the Lord in, in, as an act of worship. And sometimes they would just take it to the temple and give it to the Lord. However, the king at that time or the prophet felt like they were supposed to do it. And, and I, want you to, I want you to notice this. In verse 22... It says, when they begin to sing in praise, they're setting the atmosphere, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, and they were defeated. They were defeated. Number 10, when you're in the middle of something, you've got to leave the impossible up to God. Do what you can do, but leave the impossible up to God. I like to say it this way, pray like it depends on you, but... I'm sorry, say it this way. Work like it depends on you and pray like it depends on God. Because it does depend on God. But faith without works is dead, right? So you you put your faith with it. So you're, you're putting your faith with this, but you leave the impossible up to God. Don't try to take matters into your own hands. We will make a mess when we take matters in our own hands. But when we leave the impossible to God, he's gonna do what we can't do. You do what you can do, and God will do what he can't do. You put your natural with his super, and he does something supernatural. Whatever you do, remember that the battle is the Lord's. So now the worship leaders, they're on the front lines, and they're the first ones to be attacked, but they're the first ones to the plunder too, to the spoil. And it says here in verse 23 that the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir. There were three groups of people, three nations, all fighting against Judah. Now, two of them turn against one, and they completely annihilate them. The scripture says, when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, then they turned on one another, and they destroyed one another. And, and when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were their dead bodies 
fallen on the earth, no one had escaped. I'm trying to figure out who's the last guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and Jehoshaphat's got his binoculars out, and he's going, oh, dear. What a bloody mess. <laughs> right? I mean, he, he's like, what's going on over here? Because you know all of the Bible stories. They all talk in British, right? They all talk with that accent. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, he, he, like, what's going on? God, you, 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 have, you didn't just come through. God, you came through. And so when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil, the plunder, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies, and, and I told you so, and precious jewelry, and they stripped it off for themselves more than they could carry away. In fact, they were there three days gathering the spoil because there was so much in the middle of your battle, in the middle of whatever you're going through. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing. Maybe you're not facing anything. Maybe for real, you're not facing anything. And I have good news and bad news for you. There's three types of people. You're either in the middle of something right now. You're either coming out of something right now or you're about to go into something right now. You're in one of those three places. So if maybe, maybe it doesn't apply to you today, but maybe it does this week. Maybe, maybe something in your life coming up, you can apply this principle to trust the Lord to provide. Trust God to provide in this situation. Man, they didn't lose a single soul from Judah. They, didn't, they literally didn't have to do a thing. God literally fought the battle for them like he said he would. And all they're doing now is picking up the pieces of what's left over. Picking up the spoil. And we've got to trust God to provide for our situation, to provide for our needs, and to know that God is not... There's a name for God, El Shaddai. And it just means that he's the God of more than enough, the the God who's able to provide more. But a lot of times we, we think God is El Chipo, right? Well, he's just going to come through with a little bit, and he's just, he, you know, he'll, I'm sure he'll take care of me one of these days. No, he wants to take care of you right now. He wants to do a work in you right now. He's God El Shaddai. And so he's always on time. He doesn't work on our timetable. He doesn't do things the way we want him to do them all the time, but he's going to come through in a big way. I can promise you that. And in verse 26, it says that on the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Barakah. For there they blessed the Lord. And verse 27 says, They returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat in front of them. Jehoshaphat's the king. He's leading the way back to Jerusalem with joy. Man, if God came through for you like that, do you think you'd be like, Oh, it was pretty good. Man, what happened out there? Oh, man, you know, we won. You know, it's kind of cool. No, no, no. You'd be like, Holy shnikes. This was incredible. Like, God, you, what you just did was awesome. You would, be, you would have so much joy in your heart. They came back with joy, for the Lord had made them rejoice over their enemies. So they came to Jerusalem with stringed instruments, with harps, with trumpets to the house of God. And the, the, the 12th principle that I want to give you today is, is this one, and that is to celebrate what God has done. When it's over, when it's, when it's all said and done, as we used to say in East Tennessee, when it's, when it's all over but to shouting, right? 
when it's, all, when it's all over, when it's all said and done, celebrate what God has done. We didn't do it. I didn't fix it. I didn't win this battle. God won the battle. And there's, there's some principles for you in this that maybe you use this week, maybe you use this month. But there's one theme that I see over and over again in this passage of Scripture. One theme that is just woven throughout it. And that is the power of praise and the warfare in worship. All throughout this story, what you're reading and what you're seeing is that they praised God before the victory. They praised Him during the victory and they praised Him after the victory. And praise is simply thanking God for what He's done for what he's doing and what he's going to do. Praise is an attitude of gratitude. Praise is this position of our heart towards God that says you are good and your mercy does endure forever. Praise is this attitude towards God that says no matter what happens, we're going to praise you. We're going to seek you. We're going to get serious. We're going to set our eyes on you. Praise is this position of our hearts that says I don't know what to do and I don't have the power but my eyes are on you, God. Praise is this position that says, I I, I don't have the answers. Praise leads us to victory. Let me say it this way. Your victory is found in praise. Your breakthrough is found in worship. When you enter in and when you press into God's presence, in one moment, lives are changed. And so instead of trying to win the battle on our own and win the battle with, with our own power, and then with physical weapons. What if we just let God fight the battle for us? What if the way to win the battle was to let God fight the battle? What if your way to fight the battle was to let God fight it for you? Oh, but I like it better when I do it because I, I, I know what I'm doing. And God doesn't. <laughs> we, we just like it because we... We know in the middle of it, we're in control. Maybe you're, in a, maybe you're in a battle today. Maybe you're in this season of life where you got stuff going on. And I'm just asking you to not make permanent decisions based on temporary circumstances. Maybe instead, praise your way through it. Because if praise is a weapon then worship is your warfare. And what I want us to do in just a moment is to put this into practice. Where we, where we don't just say, oh, man, that was a good message today. I'm, I'm, that was awesome. No, in a moment, we're going we're gonna to crank up some music and we're going to set the atmosphere in this place today. We're going to fight some battles, not with our hands. We're going to let God fight them for us in our praise and in our worship. Because here's what I know. Praise is powerful. Praise positions us for the promised land. Praise is a weapon of spiritual warfare. Praise invites the presence of the mighty warrior to fight on your behalf. Praise silences the enemy. And praise confuses the enemy. And praise empowers you to do what God's called you to do. Praise brings you into alignment with God's word and what he has for you. Praise helps us see through heaven's eyes. And if we're going to win the war, if we're going to win the battle, then we've got to win it in the spiritual realm first through praise and through worship. 
So we don't fight our battles with words spoken towards people. We fight our battles with hands lifted up, with knees bowed to the ground, with feet on solid footing, thanking God for what he's done, for what he's doing, and for what he's going to do. Are you with me? Hey, wait a minute. Go, go ahead and stand up this morning. We're just going to put this into practice right now. Sing a little song that maybe you've heard. This is how I fight my battles. Come on, declare. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Lord, we praise you and we thank you and we worship you. Lord, we don't have power. We don't know what to do, but this is how we fight our battles. In your presence, we just look to the Son who was and is and is to come. This is how we fight our battles. Come on, declare this. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, Lord, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, Jesus, this is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. Oh, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Come on, let's sing it out. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Lord, we believe it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. We believe. Oh, this is how I fight my battles. Oh, Lord, this is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. It may look like I'm surrounded. This is how I fight my battles. Come on. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Lord, you're the one. You're the one who was and is and is to come. We believe. Come on, let's declare this is how I fight. This is how I fight my with hands lifted up, with hearts turned to you, God, we fight our battles not with flesh and blood, but just in this moment of praise and worship where we submit it to you, where we say, God, we can't do it on our own. We don't have the power to do it on our own. We don't have the ability to do it on our own. We don't have the words to speak, so we just give it to you, God. 
And in this moment, we say marriages can be healed. We say that cancer has to go in Jesus' name. We say there's healing for people today. We say that finances can't come back into alignment. We say that poverty doesn't have to have a hold on families in Jesus' name. Oh, this is how I find my battles. Hey, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed today, maybe you're here and you say, Ben, I feel like Judah in this story. I don't know what to do, Ben. I don't know where to go. I don't have the power. I don't feel like I can make it another day. I'm frustrated. I'm broken. I'm I feel hopeless wherever you are in that spectrum. If you're here today and you would say, I'm in the middle of a battle today. Maybe you're in the battle of your life. Maybe today, maybe you feel like giving up. I'm just here to remind you, you don't have to fight it anymore. You don't have to fight it anymore. If that's you today, just lift up your hand. Let me see you right where you are. God bless you. Hands are up all over this place. Lord, we declare you're good. You're faithful. You're awesome. And Lord, whatever battles people are facing today, from infertility to to divorces to, to marriage problems to kids that are in addiction, whatever it is, God, I thank you that you are greater than. And we choose in this moment today to keep our eyes on you, to not magnify the problem, but to magnify you, God, because our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we declare your goodness. We declare that you are faithful. We declare that you are strong. And Lord, we're going to take our hands off of this battle, and we're going to let you fight it for us. We know the answer's coming. We know that there's some things we can do. There's some principles we can live by. But Lord, we're just going to take our hands off of it, and we're going to say, you do it Lord do what you can do we leave the impossible up to you we believe breakthrough is coming today in Jesus name in Jesus name and if you're here today with your eyes still closed your heads bowed and you you're here and, and this is what I felt like coming into today is that there's somebody here today that you can't celebrate what God has done for you because you don't even have a relationship with Him. Maybe you're far from God. You can't celebrate what He's done for you until you have a relationship with Him. And He wants that so badly. He's not a cosmic killjoy. He loves you so much. His arms are open wide. He's so passionately waiting on the front porch, just waiting for you to come home today. And if you're ready to leave this place different than you came, in Jesus' name. If you're ready to walk out of here celebrating what God has done by giving you a new life. If you're ready for a fresh start, you're giving your life to Christ, maybe for the very first time. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Let me see you here today. God bless you. Who else? Who else? That's me, Ben. Count me in. Thank you. See you back there. Who else? I'm going all in today, Ben. I'm leaving this place changed. I'm leaving this place different in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's pray this together. Jesus, thank you for loving me, for fighting for me. My battle's not mine. It's yours. And this is how I fight my battle. I just give it to you. I repent. Will you cleanse me? Will you forgive me? Will you wash me new? Make me clean. I am different 
I am chosen. I'm purchased by the blood of Jesus. And I am forever changed. In Jesus' name, amen.